Good evening. Today is June 29th, 2022, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter and step is step six into action. And our speaker tonight is Nia. Thank you, Nia, for being here. Thank you. Um, before I begin, I would like to ask, because I'm unfamiliar with this format, if it's okay to mention foods, weights, um, and to, am I able to share pics? Uh, yes. A couple of pics, even if it's recorded. Yes, so okay. Yep. okay. All right. Thank you so much. Um, so it's so good to be here. I'm Nia. I'm compulsive eater. And I was really, um, I was really happy when I was asked to ask to share about step six, because step six is, um, has been life-changing for me. And there is in the big book, there's just a paragraph for step six. And, um, I'm so thankful, you know, that there's, that we filled out that information also too, with the OA 12 and 12, because it's a step that, I think can get overlooked, but the principle of willingness for me has been a huge part of my recovery. So I wanna start by qualifying and just to let you know how my disease has manifested. Um, you know, I've been a compulsive eater since I can remember. You know, one of my earliest memories is uh, waking up in the middle of the night, I might have been like three or four and uh, going to the refrigerator. So I was a night eater from a very young age. Um, so, you know, that developed and my disease has been binging, has been a sugar addiction. And I have what's called ARFID, which is avoidant and restrictive food intake disorder. And I always like to mention that because so that those of you who might be able to relate to my story, like you kind of see yourself represented because I don't hear about ARFID often. And what that is, is ARFID is a, the way that it's manifested for me with food is an extreme form of pickiness. Um, I have uh, a lot of restrictions around textures. I have revulsions around food. I have compulsions around food, um, I at points will lose taste for food. So I've known the extremes within this disease of, you know, complete binging and being in the food and then a complete revulsion of food. And the, you know, so <laughs> needless to say, I have a lot going on <laughs> with food, right? Um, I can say that at the height of, or let's say the depth, right? <laughs> at the depth of um, when I was really in my disease, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna share screen with you. And just to kind of give you, I'm a visual person to just kind of give you um, a visual of where I have been. So let me see, can you see that? Yeah, thumbs up, okay. So these two pictures are um, me at, at, my, at my top weight, which was about 240. And the reason why I wanna share these pictures is because 
I don't know if you can see because you don't know me, but when I look at these pictures, what I see, it's like my face, I can't really see me. And, you know, that's something that I, um, you know, we don't necessarily know what recovery is going to look like for us. And yes, the weight, uh, I'm about 70 pounds down from that period of time, but really the gifts of this program, the gifts of recovery have been spiritual, emotional, um, mental, uh, in bigger ways, in a way that I would, then I would say physically though. What I will say is that, um, because of how my disease manifested, I had a lot of very serious, uh, physical results, complications that have come from my disease. So I got, um, diabetes, type two diabetes when I was 32, I'm 50. So I got that very young in my life. And I also came into program uh, pretty late in my life. I've been in program two years and two years abstinent. And, you know, what I want to say to any newcomers in the room is that it doesn't matter when you start. It really doesn't. Um, it matters just being in the room. And part of my abstinence is that I don't leave these rooms ever. Like that's part of my, my abstinence is I don't eat sugar. I eat my meals and I don't binge and I don't leave OA. And I had to put that in my abstinence just because of, I will forget. <laughs> right. So, um, so this is all to just qualify. And I, you know, the other thing that I want to say is that, you know, my diabetes was very bad and my nutrition is very bad because I ate like basically for a long time, I ate five things and I ate like a five-year-old. I ate pizza, ice cream, cookies, chips, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and macaroni and cheese only. Um, and you know, that created a lot of very significant health things for me that I'm still dealing with. So, you know, what happened? So here's what happened is uh, in 2018, I hit a rock bottom where I basically stopped eating because I was revulsed by food. Um, and I went from that to then somehow in my insanity, deciding that I was just going to eat sugar, just sugar, only sugar. And a combination of my diabetes, as well as just the brain fog of starving myself almost ended me up in, in the hospital. I was very close for being, uh, to being admitted against my will. So I had a wake up call and the divine, and I am going to say this is all due to higher power, all of it. Um, the divine started me on a road to OA. And it was about a year and a half after that. It took me a year and a half to get into, into the rooms. And what happened was, is that I was meditating. And because I've always had a connection with higher power, it just didn't touch my food, right? So I was meditating and very clearly it came to my mind to uh, go to an OA and do a 90 and 90, which was very odd for me because I had been to OA like 15 years ago and I audited it for a minute, felt like I could do it on my own and then left and never came back. But I was desperate, the gift of desperation. 
And so I came into the rooms and I did a 90 and 90. I got a sponsor and I started working the steps. So I want to get into why step six was so powerful for me. As I started to work the steps, um, you know, I was abstinent, but I have to say that I didn't have a lot of emotional recovery or spiritual recovery. Um, everyone kept on talking about the fourth step. And I was somebody that I had done a lot of self-analysis. The fourth step was not a big deal for me. The fifth step was not a big deal for me. And I went through my sixth, I went through my seventh. And then what happened was I hit a major, major wall and I couldn't get past my eighth step. And I was stuck there for months. And through a lot of writing, a lot of, you know, working with my sponsor, what I realized was that I had never done a proper sixth and seventh step. Part of the way that that looked was that, you know, as I went through my fourth step, I was like, oh, no problem. You know, like I can, I can do this. I'm, I'm happy to, and even make amends. But what I realized was that when I got to my eighth step, I was too ashamed to make my amends. It wasn't that I was angry, that I didn't want to. I felt a very deep sense of shame around who I was. And this was, it was very crippling. I couldn't get beyond it. And until I, like I said, I wrote, I prayed. And what I realized was in the sixth step, you know, we're, we're being asked, um, actually I'll read it for the paragraph of the big book. It says, uh, are we now ready to let God remove from us all of the things which we have, are, have admitted are objectionable? Can he now take them all, every one? If we are still cling to something, we will not let go. We ask God to help us be willing. And what I realized was that I wasn't willing to let go of the shame. I was willing to, as I went through character defects, I was like, yes, pride, you know, pettiness, like all of that. And then when I really got to this root of shame, what I realized was that I didn't want to let that go. I didn't think I should let that go because for many, many years, I felt that this, I, I attribute it to humbleness, that it kept me humble. And I do spiritual work and I had a spiritual calling very early in my life. And everything got very tangled up in, for me, the search for spiritual perfection, which I was never going to attain, right? But somehow I interpreted that as I was, as just a complete self-hatred for who I was. And I didn't know who I would be without that. I really didn't know, you know, there was a self-trust issue that was there for me whether I could trust myself, whether I would know myself without this uh, keeping myself in check. It was like my shame, um, I thought, allowed me to kind of stay at a certain level, particularly in the spiritual work that I, that I do. Um, and, you know, sorry, I just want to make sure the time goes so quickly. I'm sure I don't so, when I was praying, I realized that for me, the sixth step was about my relationship with the divine 
And it was going deeper than I ever had gone in that relationship because to have the willingness to live a, a new life, to have the willingness to be unknown in a way to myself, I had to completely go into a deeper surrender and trust um, with my higher power that I had never gotten to in all the years that I have done spiritual study and that I have worked, I was never able to get that intimate and get that surrendered. So in, in that process, as I let go and as I, as my willingness to, I feel like what it was, was that it was for me, like, you know, we handed over in the third step, but for me, um, I really, really handed it over in the sixth step. And what happened for me was a spiritual awakening, a spiritual experience that the only way I can describe it, it was that like a huge chunk of darkness was removed from me. To this day, I feel physically different. Um, and, you know, once I moved into that relationship with the divine, and then I understood in the seventh right placement, you know, that. I cannot fix myself. It is not up to me to put myself in check or to manage myself. That that is purely I am as the divine has made me and as the divine wants me to be. So that was life changing. It's life changing in that my recovery feels like peace. My recovery feels like freedom in ways that I've never known in my life. This is why I'm saying like the weight, cool. And, but how I feel about myself, I never loved myself. I really, for real, thought I wasn't supposed to, which is, you know, this is the disease, this is the craziness. Um, so today I wanna just get current and say that Today, um, you know, in terms of the spiritual recovery that has happened, this affects every area of my life. It also affects uh, my calling and the work that I do with people is completely new, um, which is very important to me. Physically, I am, my diabetes was at a point where I was double my blood one, my A1C sugars were um, double the amount of a normal person. And I'm like what a normal person's A1C would be, which is I've never, not since I was 32, have I ever had that. Um, and I had it for a minute before I was diagnosed. <laughs> like it, it didn't happen. Um, emotionally. And, you know, this is one of the things that you know, I didn't talk too much about, but I was very isolated. I actually lived a life where I thought it was just about me and the divine. And so that meant that I couldn't relate to any of you and that I wasn't amongst, you know, I was terminally unique. Five minutes left. Thank you so much. I was terminally unique. I was not one of, I was outside of. Um, and, you know, 
I, like the big book said, I lived a lot of my life where it's like, I can't remember how it says it's like, or not the big book, the OA 12 and 12, where it says we hid and we ate, you know, we turned the phone, like I turned the phone off. I would close the door, like all of that. Like my life was very small. I was doing this work that I felt very called to, but in terms of my relationships, I was, I was celibate for most of my life. Um, so I didn't have experience up until I was 38, 39. I didn't have relationships. Um, so this is a whole in my recovery. I'm now, it's like I am, uh, I don't want to say a teenager, or even in my 20s, because I don't want to be, <laughs> it was other craziness just from that time period, right? But like, I feel so new and I feel so fresh and I feel like, uh, I feel young at heart to get to, be okay enough, open enough to allow you to see me, um, to receive you, to, to be together and to actually let that in that I do nothing um, on my own. You know, that's a, just a, a totally new concept for me. And it is, um, there's so many gifts of this, of this program. Um, you know, and I'll wrap up in saying that it's like, you know, the principle of willingness has, uh, I can do this program, you know, one day at a time, um, just in how willing I am. And if I'm not willing, then I pray for willingness. But that is the only way that I've been able to do this, this program is because I have not, I've been very scared. I have felt points of it being impossible. Um, but if I can just be willing, then I move into a place that's humble enough to then be able to experience all of the miracles that come from working the program. So I just want to, I think I want to end there and wish you all, I wish you all peace and serenity and the miracles of this program. If you're new, um, keep coming back. Don't leave. Don't leave. You know, as they say, it's like, wait for your miracle. There's tons of them here for you. Um, I feel like, you know, in one way, I don't necessarily care when, when, for when people say, it's like, if I can do it, you can do it. I'm like, we're different people. Like, I don't know if I could do it, if you could do it. Like, I don't know. But in a way, I do feel like I've had such severe issues and my disease has been so debilitating that I really do feel like, you know, not one of us is a lost cause. Not one of us is, is, is hopeless. Um, and there is hope in this room. So thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you so much, Nia. That was incredible. And uh, we just want to thank you for your willingness to do service here tonight. Thank you. And we will now open the meeting for questions or for three-minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions, or star nine if you're on the phone, and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. All right, so will the timekeeper, will you please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up, please? Thank you.
All right. Um, if the speakers ask a question, please allow for three minutes for the answer. Okay, Robin, you can go ahead and start picking on people to share. It is open. Who would like to share or ask a question tonight? You may raise your virtual hand. Roberto, you're up, followed by Kimberly. Thank you. Um, hello, hello. Um, Roberto, I'm a compulsive overeater. Thank you, Nia, so much for, um, for your chair. I'm actually working step six again in another fellowship. And um, <clears throat> I, um, I love what you said about, I feel so new and fresh and young at heart. Because um, I feel the same way. And, you know, I, one of my biggest defects is how much I expect of myself. Um, and it's, 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 it's around shame, uh, around not feeling like I'm good enough or that I am valuable enough um, because everything has to be perfect and rigid and I have to know everything. Um, and I don't know, from, from what you share, I got the permission to say, you know, I'm just 17 months old. I came in here 17 months ago and I started growing because I was stuck at 30, you know, I was stuck at 30 years old. I, I hadn't done any growing uh, probably since I was a child. For whatever reason, whatever happened um, and my childhood was stifled and, and, you know, my growth was stifled and then, um, you know, I stopped growing and then I came into the rooms and I st I'm, I'm, I'm doing some growing um, and I should allow myself as long as I need to just be stupid and make mistakes and, um, you know, just figure it out as I go because it's all part of the process. Um, so thank you for sharing that because I, I, you know, I, I feel like that all the time. I feel brand new. I have kids that are six and 11 years old and they make mistakes and they do a lot of crazy stuff that I don't understand, then, you know, what's the difference? I'm younger than them, um, you know, in OA years. So um, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for your chair in general, and um, I'll pass with that. Thanks. Thanks, Roberto. Next up is Kimberly L. Hi, I'm Kimberly. I'm a compulsive eater. Thank you so much, Nia, for your share. There was um, a couple things that you touched on that really really struck me. One was your use of the word divine. Um, I've, of course, I've heard that word before, but I've never kind of put it in place of God or higher power. And it sounds so like close to me. It sounds dear to me. And I, I really like that, that word for God. Um, so thank you for that. Um, and you also spoke of loneliness and somewhere in the book it talks about loneliness that only other alcoholics can relate to i'm paraphrasing that only an alcoholic can understand in our case compulsive eaters and for me i'm remembering a time where i was in college and just wondering all the time what is wrong with me why am i so weird why do i feel like an alien everywhere i go even though on the surface I have things in common with you. And I had a pair of khakis on and all I could think about was how fat I looked in those khakis. That's the only thing I could think, all this wonderful growth happening around me, people learning things in a wonderful environment. And I'm just thinking about how I can get 
to the Mexican restaurant to binge on chips, regardless of the way that I'm feeling. So it's that powerlessness, that lack of control was my dilemma. And I needed a power greater than myself to be that solution, to that be that solution for lack of control. And, you know, I am, I am, a, thank you for talking about including not leaving OA as part of your abstinence. That's, I am scared to death of leaving this program because it, it took me 11 years to get six months. And there was a lot of starting and stopping, a lot of um, praying for willingness and being angry at God for not giving it to me. But ultimately it was from that only having these six months is the result of me not willing to surrender, just not willing to surrender, wanting to do it my way, you know, and uh, make up an abstinence so convoluted that nobody else can understand it. I needed something simple to the point and for me, it's no um, no eating after dinner. The kitchen is closed. You know, night eating was a thing for me too and no recreational sugar. And that's something I can really hang my hat on. And um, I just, I'm God, I'm so grateful to God that I have a place to go because in college where I, when I was binging on chips and wearing those khakis, I, I, I didn't want to live anymore, you know? So me being here, us being here, we're very blessed. So thank you for letting me share. Thanks, Kimberly. The floor is open if anybody would like to share or ask a question. Subin, you're up next. Hi, I'm Subin, compulsive warfare. Thank you so much, Nia, for your service tonight. Um, yeah, you just, you're really glowing. I could relate to so many things that you shared, um, you know, everything about like part of the abstinence being not leaving away. Um, and I love what you said about willingness that like, if I'm just willing that we can move into a place of humility and then we can experience, sorry, my phone is going off. And then we can experience, you said the gifts and the miracles of this program. Um, yeah, I need, I need a lot of willingness. I'll be honest right now. And I love what you said about it doesn't matter when we start. And yeah, um, I just, I just, I had some things going on with some boundaries that I set with some individual, a family member, and it's creating a lot of fears. And I set this boundary like almost like less than a year ago. And um, like, I just felt like my boundaries weren't respected. And when I saw this text today, like I started going into a lot of fears and um, sorry. So I ignored him, I blocked him and I texted my brother. I said, he's a spiritually sick person. I'm just gonna just set my healthy boundaries and just move on and pray for him and that's it. And it's just triggering a lot of fears. And I get into these self doubts about like, oh, did I do the right thing? It's not very kind and loving, but like, if I'm not comfortable with this relationship and if it's triggering fears of um, the past, like I have, I have to set boundaries. I think my higher power would want me to be, would want me to treat myself with love and respect. And, you know, if there are people that aren't respecting that, like that's, that's their issue. And I just, I just, you know, I can pray for him and wish him well um, without, without getting involved with him. So yeah, it's um, yeah. It's like, I just feel like my character defects are like all kind of, 
rambling up, but yeah, I'm just I'm grateful for this place to be able to share um, safely. And yeah, thank you so much, Nia, again for um, your um, service tonight. And you know, you're you're glowing, and I can definitely see your higher power and like the fact that the program works for you. I can see it in you. And yeah, thank you so much. That's it. Thanks, Subin. Next up is Lisa N. Hey, Lisa, compulsive reader in Georgia. Thank you so much, Nia. That was uh, oh, it's just a peaceful, a peaceful um, share. I really appreciated it. Um, yeah, step six. You know, I, I've, I mean, over the years, I've heard people say that you know it's the shortest or one of the two shortest paragraphs in the big book on the step because of the simplicity behind it. And, um, you know, I'm just convinced I'm, God and I are gonna be working on character defects for the rest of my life because I will never rise above them. Um, but I do, I do see changes in, in myself. I do see the lessening of some, the removal of some, um, but you talked a lot about shame and, shame is so for me it's it's intertwined in self-centeredness self um self-seeking you know um looking to others to define like you tell me you tell me who i am you tell me what i'm feeling uh, you tell me what color i like um it's it's for me it's wrapped up in shame and sh the for me it, a long time ago, before I really understood that this was a disease, I would feel the shame, you know, Lisa, why can't you get it together, you know, and, and blah, blah, blah. And then when I finally understood that I have this disease, it, that took the shame away. Now I struggle. My sponsor was just telling me this morning, because I was, I was talking about some shame. And she said, remember, when you're listening to the thoughts in your head, for what she shared was, who is telling you those thoughts? If it's a loving, um, peaceful, encouraging thought, that is usually for me, God, you know, it's not the disease. And if it's the other stuff, the crummy stuff, the yucky stuff, that is usually the disease or whatever you want to call it, you know, devil angel thing um and and shame just oh it just it just love it just wants to be fed you know so if i can just hang on to okay is this a god-centered thought or is this a disease-centered thought um that is what's helping me today as far as shame goes but anyways thanks so much Thank you, Lisa. Next up is Gianna. Hi, everyone. I'm Gianna, compulsive overeater and bulimic. Um, I just wanted to say thank you so much for your share and um, really going deep and being very honest about your experience, um, especially your depth into speaking about how emotionally you your disease has brought you to such horrible places. And um, even in your, just the way you speak, you can, you can sense the, 
peace and serenity. And I just really thank you for your experience, strength and hope. Um, I've been in program for about a year and a half. Um, and I've experienced that peace and serenity, but about a month ago, I don't know what happened, but it's all, it's like gone out of my mind. I feel like lately my disease has been eating me alive. Um, and I'm really grateful that this, um, this meeting is going over step six because it's making me reflect. And instead of, you know, trusting in higher power and, you know, trusting in God to remove my defects and also restore me to sanity, I have been relying on self so heavily. I've been just grasping for like anything that I can do to make myself feel better. And it's, it's not working. Um, it's making everything worse. Um, so I really appreciated just your, you really going into depth about your trust in the divine and your trust to, you know, surrender because I have not been doing that. And I feel like I've been, I've, my, I'm going back to step one where my life has become unmanageable and your share. And also this whole week of meetings have had me realize, you know, where my issue lay. I am not giving my defects and surrendering to higher power. I am just trying to use my own finite ways to make myself feel better. And um, it's not working. Um, so I just want to thank you so much for being here and giving your experience and strength and hope. Um, I also love how you just said, like, just keep coming. Um, no matter, you know, how hard it is, I'm very grateful just to be here right now because if I wasn't in this meeting and I wasn't, you know, with fellows, I don't even want to think about what I would be doing. Um, but thank you just for being here and for your share. Um, I'll pass. Thank you, Gianna. So we will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares. Robin, can you please stop the recording?